What's up, everybody? Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast with your host, Aaron Dante, who brings you the hottest interviews with the dopest people sharing their experiences all across the world. Now, here's your host, Aaron Dante. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. We have a great show for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in week in, week out, listening to the Baltimore's Best podcast voted by you, the listeners. I'm so excited for you to listen. This episode, we're going to do a little remix. And when you hear about remix, you'll understand what we're talking about. At Fishnet, every plate served starts with the freshest, high-quality fish sourced from local waters whenever possible. You get fine dining excellence delivered in a cozy, unpretentious, fast casual setting. Delicious does not even begin to describe it. Everything I've tried is made from scratch and incredible. The best fish I've ever had. Check them out for lunch or dinner at Mount Vernon Marketplace. Get caught in the fishnet. You'll be glad you did. Menu and details at eatfishnet.com. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, them and theirs, and those that like to identify as other dope-ass creatures? What's going on, beautiful people? What's up, brother? What's up? Welcome back. What's going on? We back at it again. No pics after dark here with my man Aaron Dante. Ain't seen y'all in a little bit. Gotta update you on some crazy stuff that's going on. Right now, just stop. Let's just let this all go. I know we all saw this woman faint inside Victoria's Secret. Now, I don't know what type of sale they had going on that day, but it was more than the buy three, get one. You ain't think I knew nothing about that. But anyway, be sure to watch yourself. It's getting to the point now where I'm about to buy a GoPro and just walk around with it on me everywhere at all times. Ain't that like a Black Mirror episode or something? Because in the future, you're going to need to have a CYA for everything. I'm going back to getting a receipt for every little thing that I do. And at the end of the day, I mark it down like you do your checkbook. And I'd be like, I was at this location. I was at this location. And I was at this location. Because before you know it, somebody's going to be walking down the street and be like, hey, man, they just told me to look for a black man wearing a black hat. I'm like, we all look like that, officer. On a more happy note, we are back into the theme of the Baltimore Comedy Festival this year. September 1st through September 6th, Baltimore City, come out and show some love. We are sponsored in partnership with BMI, Baltimore Museum of Industry, The Motor House, and most of all, BOPA. Please do come out and have a good time with us. It's going to be great. Got Jordan Rock coming down from New York City, hopping off Netflix, HBO Max special. Also, got my man Rich Thomas coming, productively stoned. All other type of things are going to be there. Larry Lancaster is going to be in the building. I'm going to be in the building. This year, we're having a special show at the BMI, which is going to be dope. They've never done any like, anything like that before. Also, as usual, opening ceremony at the Motor House and closing ceremony, as usual, sidebar. We got a whole bunch of masks for you to be putting on and laughing off at the same time. So please do check us out, www.baltimorecomedyfestival.com. Thank you. No picks out the dark. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep laughing. Baltimore City. We finally got the domino sign fixed. Peace. Visit your neighborhood sanctuary and do wellness for a luxurious experience for everybody. Treat yourself and a loved one with a massage, facial, or an entire day of pampering with our deluxe spa day packages that include lunch from the restaurant next door, fire and rice. For more information on booking or purchasing gift cards, 
visit their website at andowellness.com or call at 443-438-4048. They look forward to welcoming you and your loved ones to their beautiful new space at Soha Union, located at 4801 Harbor Road, Suite 1. Thanks, Aaron. Hi, everyone. It's Amber Wenland, your neighborhood urban designer. I talked a few weeks ago about a master plan that we just finished in Harlem Park, and I want to talk today about another project that is near and dear to my heart, the East Baltimore Revitalization Plan. I began this project in 2016 with my colleague Adam Gross when we were asked to meet with Reverend Dante Hickman of the Southern Baptist Church over in Broadway East. Not knowing Dante before this project, we had no idea what to expect, uh, but soon found out that Dante and his church were about to open one of the first housing development projects in Broadway East in decades. A year prior to us meeting Dante, the housing development was set on fire during the Freddie Gray unrest, but the church managed to rebuild from the ashes and open their senior living facility to essentially full occupancy just a year later. I tell this story because it is such a testament to Dante's leadership and drive and vision, which ultimately goes far beyond the Mary Harvin Senior Living Center. Dante wanted to bring vibrancy and amenities back to the Broadway East neighborhood and all of East Baltimore. He wanted to restore people while rebuilding properties. And in our initial meeting with him, just hearing the visions that he had, that it wasn't just about housing or retail, but it was about health and childcare, recreation, education, uh, different opportunities and building equity and equitable investment in a community that had all but been forgotten uh, by the city. And so once we heard this vision, um, we did, we started a master plan um, focused on listening to the community and to residents first and hearing what their needs and desires were, um, but also zooming out to understand the neighborhood in its larger context. So Broadway East is immediately north of Johns Hopkins Medical Campus and the EBDI, the East Baltimore Development Initiative. And so ultimately we, we took community input Um, We took this idea of rebuilding the village, which was uh, something one of our lovely community members um, said to us who she lived there for, um, I think, close to 70 years. And um, she really wanted to see some of the amenities that she grew up with return. And so what we looked at was um, both what was surrounding the community, what the community wanted, but also all of the things that were starting to happen in and around the community. So capitalizing on the momentum like the Mary Harvin uh, senior housing, um, other renovation projects like um, the Baltimore Food Hub, the Hohen Lithograph Building, and um, Humanum's headquarters, which was in the old uh, renovated American Brewery Building. And using this momentum to build a community-led master plan that elevates the needs and desires of the residents and stakeholders in a very clear, compelling vision for the future of Broadway East. Um, And ultimately, that that clear vision really came about during a community design session when many community members were expressing this desire to connect assets, to connect 
Clifton Park to the north and Eager Park to the south with um, reinvestment and new development. And we were so fortunate that there was a key north-south corridor where there was a tremendous amount of vacancy and um, existing or planned demolition that could accommodate those desires, that could accommodate mixed use and different housing types and parks and open space and um, all of that while avoiding displacement. And that key corridor was Wolf Street to Gay Street to Chester Street um, as you move south to north. And Ultimately, um, you know, some of you might have seen the article just the other day in Baltimore Magazine about the city's investment in rails to trails. And this idea of connecting assets through and across neighborhoods is so important to building the good bones of a thriving city. Uh, you need these networks. You need this, this infrastructure and this hierarchy um, to have good cities and to have successful neighborhoods. So there's a lot more in the plan that I won't go into, but you can check it out on um, the city planning's website. Um, just search or, or Google the East Baltimore Revitalization Plan. Um, and I, I hope you check it out. And uh, I appreciate everyone listening in today. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there is something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, carryout, and delivery, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Harper Road, open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Dante. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody out there, we are on location like we always do. And we're in a special place near and dear to my heart. I'm so excited to be at this restaurant, Black Owned, at Remix Bar and Grill in Baltimore, Maryland, folks. And we are with one of the owners, Mr. Derek. How you feeling today, sir? I'm doing all right. Hey, I'll, you know, I'm doing all right. That's what's up. So I know you're a veteran of the podcast game. You've been on a couple, <laughs> you know, so I already know we're going to rock and roll. But, again, thank you for having us and coming to Remix Bar and Grill. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you all for coming down. And I, I want to give a disclaimer off the top so people know they are one of my sponsors of the show. So I got to show the, show the bar love and show what it's all about because I like coming here. I like the rib tips. We ain't going to get into all that. We ain't going to get into food. We're going to talk about <laughs> no, rib tips and all that. So we're going to talk about it a little bit later on, folks. But we want to get you first know who you are, Mr. Derek. So tell us, are you from Baltimore? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm actually from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, okay. you know. Are you an Eagles fan? 100% Eagles fan. We might end this conversation right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, okay. So right. they call them Philly Johns, right? Is that the word John? Is it Philly? Yeah, it's a John, you know. Okay, okay. <laughs> so what was your favorite memory of growing up as a child in Philadelphia? Um, it's a sports town for sure, so I like all of the Philly teams. But it's just a chill, relaxed place, you know what I mean? It's similar to Baltimore, so I feel like I'm at home being here. That's nice. That's nice. So how did you end up in Baltimore? Uh, well, <laughs> I worked uh, for TGI Fridays, so I worked for them for about 27 years. So they were trying to get me down here. So I, I, I frequently came down here, helped out at stores and stuff. So I was familiar with coming to Maryland. And 
as my kids got older, the opportunity came for me to come down here, and I started running uh, one of the stores in Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery was County Silver Spring. I went there about four years ago, so that's what brought me to Baltimore. Okay, and so and how much do you love Baltimore? I mean, is it's now your home city now? Yeah, I'm actually here now, so I'm definitely here. So, um, and when I also moved here, I came down with the intentions of getting a business. So my um, best friend told me the opportunity was greater here. So that's how I actually really came down. It was the combination of those two things. Okay, so that's all. That, that answers my first. So, what was your one of your first jobs? Was it TGI Fridays, or what did you always work in the hospitality industry? I always worked in the hospitality industry, but TGI Fridays was basically my childhood job that I never left. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't you don't hear that anymore. No, no. So I just re- came up through the ranks. You know, I started out as a dishwasher, went to Expo, line cook, manager, uh, kitchen manager, <laughs> general manager. Was a general manager for the last fifteen years. So, you know, that's what's up. Because that, I like hearing that transition of the story of, like, you started in the beginning, and you, you went all the way through it, and they helped you move. Oh, yeah. And that's, oh, yeah. That's, that's even better. Yeah. You didn't have to put any money out your pocket to move down this way. No, nah, they brought me down here. They wrote the check. Now, what, growing up, just, you know, backtrack a little bit, what was one of your favorite meals that you used to eat, like, when you were younger? One of my favorite meals I used to eat? When you were younger. When I was younger. Well, we ain't always had, you know, money to get steak, but I would say probably steak with baked potato was the favorite meal when we got that, or the mashed potatoes, you know, some gravy, you know what I mean, a little side salad. I love that. That now, was my favorite meal. Now, you know, you know I'm going to ask you since you're, you know, you're a chef and you're an owner and all this, ribeye or strip or filet? Ribeye. Need that fat, need that flavor. <laughs> all right. That's, I'm, 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 I'm a ribeye guy, too. Okay, I, love, yeah. I love the flavor. I love yeah, it. yeah. You're going to get a better flavor out of the ribeye. So, for, definitely. Definitely I mean, ribeye. I thought, and that's, that's my thing. I, I used to, I grew up on the T-bone. Yeah. And we used to get this. There's a place called Murray Steakhouse. that used to be in Baltimore. Okay. I don't know if it was like, it was an old school Everything was frozen in it. it was, yeah, merge, yeah, yeah, yeah merge, yeah. You go there with them food stamps, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> Clean up, yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly, yeah. So Mary's was my spot, and my grandmother always got the strip, the no, the T-bone steak frozen. Mm-hmm. And I always, when she made it, it was like that was a that was just like a holiday. It was like a, it was like butter. Oh, it come in that black and red box with the Mary man on there. You know, you know what time it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that that was what, that was when I grew up. I was always like, we gotta go to Mary's. We gotta go to Mary's. We gotta go to those steaks. So mm-hmm. I remember that. And then later in life, once I learned a little bit more about the fresh side of things, mm-hmm. and then I realized, oh, you can get a fresh steak. Oh, that costs a little bit more though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, we so you you moved around kitchens and like once you find out you're like. All right, I can do this, you know, at Fridays. Like, when you were, like, coming through the ranks, when did you realize, like, I can run my own Fridays? I can run this and do my own thing. Um, Working for a couple of managers and realizing that I was doing everything that they were supposed to be doing, and they were getting all the credit. So I was like, why am I doing this for them? So I just... Like, really, I just woke up with a whole different attitude. It was like, I'm taking somebody's job. This is what I want to do. And then I just had a guy that believed in me, and he pushed me. And he was my agent. He spoke up for me and helped me, you know what I mean, take it to the next level. I always love hearing those stories because it's always somebody out there who's like, they want to invest in you. And, yeah. I, and I always tell people, you can do it, but you need help. You need somebody to say, hey. Yeah, some, I, everybody I has to push somebody. Right. Yeah. And, nah. and I like hearing that, that you really were like, all right, somebody invested in you and saw your potential and whatnot. Yep. So that, that's real cool. So what type of things did you learn from Fridays that 
make you a manager of who you are now? I mean, we're not going to talk, we'll talk about remix, but about yeah. you right now. How did you, what things that, that taught you? Um, like I said, I, I started there as a teenager. So I was able to grow and mature my whole time there through band, through Friday. So it just to do a lot more listening instead of talking. Because a lot of times you don't get to hear what people saying if you're quick to, you know, speak out. So you really got to listen. And then just understanding that everybody has a learning curve, you know. So you it's your job, especially as a manager, to figure out what that learning curve is and how to take a D player to a C player, a C player to a B player, and a B player to an A player. And that's truly what it is, is, is investing them. It's easy to fire somebody, but it's harder to find out what, what makes them tick and what really gets them going. You got to invest. I love hearing that. The company I used to work for back in the day, I'm not going to name, name who they are, but that was one of the big things was investing in your people mm-hmm. and training and developing people and seeing them like, hey, what, what do they have? What makes them happy? What makes them sad? What, what cheers them up? What gives them a good, makes them, hey, what, what can we do to make you better at what you do? Um, what about customer service? How did you learn that at Fridays? Like, what was the thing? Well, Friday's like where you could translate it. Um, piggyback off what you just said, they invested. I mean, I ain't going to lie to you. From being a dishwasher, the training manual was very, very intensive. And it taught purpose to function. Like, it told you why you washed the dishes, what was the proper temperature, how to stack the dishes. You, you know, that's the training process. So as you move up through the ranks, each department had that. And, I mean, it was in depth. You spent time, and back then it was that's when Fridays was well known. Celebrities came out, we cooked everything from scratch. So, you know, they're the innovators of happy hour. You know, AI and all that, people always remember them things. So, as far as customer service is impeccable, like they they made it uh, basically feel like somebody coming in your home and you're enjoying a company, and somewhere along the lines, they just eat. And I was just able to incorporate that into the daily routine. It's, everybody know how to be hospitable. You know what hospitality is when you see it. Come on. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So did you, so what you worked in one in Montgomery County, and then did you work in one, did you work in Madame one also or not? I was the GM of at Madame Mall for three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you that um, when I think of Fridays, this is my mm-hmm. thought. I remember when I was at, working in Virginia, and I had never seen this, and Fridays had just changed the game with it. They would have a DJ in the spot Friday nights. Yeah. And it was a straight club at Fridays. Yeah, club Fridays. Yeah. And it was ingenious because I had never thought about that. Mm-hmm. But it was like packed every Friday night. The DJ or whatever night that were there, Wednesday or Friday, whatever night they did it, it was always packed. Yeah. And that was a great I don't think any other restaurants have ever done something like that where they converted it to a club at night. And it was just, it was ingenious because it was packed. And you're like, where the Fridays? And I was staying in a hotel. Remember, I was like, I was literally on the road for like three years. Okay. And this whole Fridays was next to side me. And every time I went to a different place, I told my company I need to be near Fridays. Yeah. Because I knew the club. I knew yeah, the club. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something that, that spread. It spread it like wildfire. Now that I think back on it, I think <laughs> now this, a, this was a bad idea. But during that time, it was. It was, it was new. It was something that nobody has ever done as far as chain restaurants. But I will say, now that I think about it, we kind of missed the most important part. We lost that family aspect. It was clubbing. It was partying. Don't get me wrong. Tardy's made a ton of money. 
But that's not the kind of place you want to come out with your family and you want to sit down and have a meal, you know, eight, nine o'clock at night. Now you've turned the whole restaurant into a bar. So it's a gift and a curse. You make money, but it's like you said, it's a whole different way of looking at Friday. So the No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Remix Bar and Grill, located at 819 East Pratt Street, just north of Harbor East. Remix is a sports bar offering a sole food menu with over 20 TVs, pool tables, outdoor patio seating, and private rooms. Remix is set up to be your premier downtown destination to watch all your favorite sporting events. Open from 11 a.m. until 11 p.m. Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 12 a.m. Friday and Saturday, and 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday. Check out Remix Bar and Grill on Instagram and Facebook under at R-Y-M-K-S Baltimore for daily happy hour specials and weekly events. Remix Baltimore. I love it. I love it. So now, folks, we're going to switch it up. We're going to switch it up. We're going the reason why we're here, okay? <laughs> Remix Bar and Grill. Tell me about how all this came about. How did this, how did this concept, how did this, because I remember I was talking to the other owner, and he said, Aaron, we got, I, I found something special. Yeah. And I said, bro, it's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. We in the middle of a pandemic. Like, it's in a pandemic. He was like, man, I'm on, he's like, don't say anybody. Don't tell anybody. And he sent me a little uh, video clip of, the, of where we are right now. Yeah. And I was like, damn, this is big. Yeah. And I said, you got good business partners? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm rocking with them. You know, one used to be a chef and one's to be, you know, he's the owner of Friday. He's done so much corporate style. He knows the corporate side of things. So, Again, I tell you, this is your show. <laughs> Give us a little sneak peek behind the curtain of how all this transpired. Um, like I said, my um, best friend, who's from uh, Philly, too, he's uh, the executive chef, uh, came down here with the intentions of knowing where we're going to um, open a business. So we were looking. We were looking, probably seen about, man, a ton of spots. We were, we were looking. We were looking. So I'm gonna give you a little backstory. So we went to the, one of these places. Uh, I think it was on Edmonds Avenue or wherever. One of these places, and uh, we went in toward the place. Uh, Asian realtor came in and met us, and we looked at the place. So I asked her for blueprints so I can see the layout of the building and wanted to know the last time was everything expected for electric coating and stuff like that. So she said, "I get it, I get it." But she said, "Hey, before I give you that information." She's like, uh, I just need to see your financial statements to show that you're serious. Nah, bye. <laughs> we ain't doing that. That's, why would I be here or why would we be here if we wasn't serious? So we went online and looked. My partner went online and he found this place. And when he found this place, it was the first time I met Trevor, which is my other partner. And we all met here. And when we walked in, we knew. We just knew this was it, and then the rest is history. <laughs> I know it's, it's it's a folks. It's a beautiful spot. I mean, we right now are presently in the probably it's a private room with the private parties, flat screen TV, seventy inch, you know, and they have pool tables outside. They have a full bar. I mean, how many square feet is in there? Um, I don't know right offhand. Okay, but it's huge. It's huge. <laughs> I mean, when I mean it's huge, it's huge. So. You guys get together. You meet Trevor. You meet your other partner. And mm-hmm. How long did it take you to figure out that you want? I know you said you wanted it right away, but mm-hmm. like when it came down to the like, all right, we got really 
Did they? Because remember, let me tell you guys, we're, we're located in Little Italy. Yes. Okay. We're in Little Italy. So, again, there's been some other businesses in here that were clubs. I think it was some Ambrosia or something. Like, I don't know what it was. Euphoria or some club that was down here. That It's the old Vallegi building. Yeah. It used to be called uh, Boston's Pizza. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what, how was the process of getting in this place in Little Italy? Oh, man. It was... Uh, it was like an old school mob movie. <laughs> so uh, we met with the owner. Um, we talked about him, told him what our business plan and our model was. He loved it from the beginning. Like I said, we came, we met here. Probably 30 days later, we had we had sealed the deal and coming in. But to get here, we had to go through a, a little Italy committee, a commission, whatever you want to call them. And that's like some rinky-dink hall room where all of like the other owners in Little Italy and the neighbors come, and they had, like, this old 1980 PA system, and we had to stand up there while they asked us questions of how we were going to be active in the community, what we were going to do, are we planning on turning in the club, how are we going to control the flow and all that stuff. Um, long story short, we, we got up there, told them our business problem, knocked it out of the park. They gave us their blessing, and the ball was rolling after that. And the reason why I say that, because... You know, literally has been in Baltimore for, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the places a lot of people come to visit. Mm-hmm. When they come to Baltimore, they come to Little Italy, you know. And the place, I think the place you're talking about, I was like, uh, I've been to it. Because I went to it for, uh, it was like a Friday night dinner. Yeah. And they do Friday night dinners over there once mm-hmm. a month or whatnot. And I knew back in the day, it was like, you got to go through the, everybody, the commission, whoever who it was. They ran what it was down. Like, you couldn't, yeah. come, you couldn't bring a business in here unless they knew what was going on. You got they, they control what time, what time, what time of day this, it can open, close. Like you said, yeah, it's not gonna be no club. It, it, it can't be, and and that's what I like. I do like that because that means you care about your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You care about. Were you guys nervous being black business owners coming into Little Italy? Like meaning, or did you guys have apprehension? You know, like you didn't know whether they might say, "No, we don't want to deal with y'all. We don't want to deal." With, you know, did you have any apprehension in the back of your mind? To be honest. No, I I was already groomed for it, to be honest. Like I said, I just spent the last almost 30 years, you know, home in my craft. So I I know the ins and outs of the restaurant business from licensing inspections to operations. So I knew that we had everything we needed to open a restaurant. So I was was never concerned. I mean, both of my partners were, were businessmen. One, you know, was a, a financial guy. The other one had traveled the world and cooked. And then I did what I did as far as operations. So I knew we were overqualified to run a restaurant. So I know I was never worried about that. Okay. So shout out to Little Italy for giving the brothers a chance. I, mean, I really, I really do appreciate that there's another black restaurant in Baltimore. Yes. We definitely need that. Where did the name Remix come from? Because people are going to ask, <laughs> why did you name it Remix? So... uh it was a back and forth, and I, I, I here you go. This was not going to be called Remix. This was going to be called TD's Sports Lounge, but the name was taken when we when we went to go it. So then we had to get creative, and I'm kind of glad it happened because now it's the story behind Remix. So it's pronounced Remix, but it's spelled R Y M K S which is in Arabic, which is the third most spoken language in Africa. So what we did was we put a twist on it, and we're basically paying homage, you know what I mean, to the Atlantic trade route. 
So with that is international soul food, meaning there's no play on what we can do. There's no rules. We can remix everything. So international soul food around the world. It ain't just, you know, but we're paying homage to the Atlantic slave trade route, which is why the name is Remix, spelled in Arabic. And basically, we just plan with all the West African seasonings and spice and incorporating it to the traditional soul food that people know and love. That's Remix. Our symbol is basically a nucleus of a corn. It looks like a teardrop, but it's a nucleus of the corn, and it's basically the beginning of this journey, and we're going to grow. And then we incorporated some grill grates in there because that's what we're doing. We're cooking. <laughs> so, <laughs> you dropping, you dropping, you dropping heat right now. You, you dropping heat right now. But no, that's really what it that's, that's and, and it all plays into it. That's why when you come in here and you come here and you come and see the place, we don't have no decor up yet. Because we're building our memories. And on our wall will be our memories and will be our decor. And that's three black brothers coming together during a pandemic, opening a restaurant in Little Italy. I think that's a story to tell. You know, it is a story to tell because everybody I speak to, I talk about Remix. And they're like, what's that place? Never heard of it. And I'm like, you got to go check it out. You got to go check it out. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they open up one day. They are different than everybody else. You know, and I always tell other restaurants, I said, all black restaurants, we all want to celebrate them all, okay? Mm-hmm. We're not competing with each other off. We're not. Let's, nope. let's, let's keep it 100 all the way through. Black restaurants are not competing with each other. No, they're okay? not. We are all embracing each other, and we all want us to succeed, okay? And I want to throw that out there. So, you guys, I remember you guys got the shop. How long did it take you from once you got those keys? Mm-hmm. To get in the, because I went to the tasting. I went to one of your tastings, the pre-tastings. Mm-hmm. And folks, I'm going to tell you right now, the food is no joke. <laughs> the food is no joke. You know, I mean, I've come on the Humble to get some get some stuff on lunch. And I'm driving 25 minutes to come down here and get some good lunch. Yeah. But we're, like, when you opened up, going into the menu, what, what kind of things were you looking at? Like, how were, take us through the steps of, like, I know the menu probably got changed, remixed many times. Man, remix got, man, remix got remixed. Uh Basically, me and uh, the chef, uh, we work together. Like I said, we're best friends, so we we, we bounce ideas off each other. Um, he's more of a traditional classic cook, you know, fine dining. And, then, you know, I'm more, you know, rustic cook, you know, line cook. I like to get in there and sweat it and bust it out. So we just bounced off of it. We put a little bit of Philly flavor in there. That's where you get them suya, cheesesteak, egg rolls. That's where you get the cheesesteaks that's on there. And then not only did we do that, it's just... We just wanted to give people what they wanted. So we kind of uh, started out with a little bit of fine food, and then we refined it as we realized that, you know, we wanted to give the people what they wanted. So after we did a couple tastings, the people told us what they want, and that's what we did. We switched it up. It's really not a casual dining restaurant down here downtown. So that's our lane. We're not doing what Black Swan is doing, you know, and we love those brothers, you know what I mean? We go and support them. And we're not doing what the um, other place is about to open up. I'm from the guy from uh, Peter from the Young Housewives. Yeah, yeah right, we right, support right. all of them. We just stand in our lane. Nice, casual, chill place where you can come and enjoy yourself and watch some sports. That's our lane. So <laughs> I, I love it. And like, like you said, we're, everybody, we're supporting each other down here. And we want yep. all to succeed. And did your family members think you guys are crazy to open up a spot during a pandemic? Absolutely. It was, uh, man, my boss has said, I understand you leaving, but why? Like, you opening the restaurant now? I'm like, yeah. 
Like, it's a bias market. You know, when, when things go low and things go scarce, like this restaurant industry has got hit the hardest throughout this whole pandemic. Not saying that other industries haven't, but you knew it wasn't going to last forever. So your opportunity to get in was now. And there was a lot of people that lost their livelihood over this. And that's, let me tell you about Remix, this building right here. The uh, guy for us that had Boston's Pizza, he was a doctor. He tried to open two restaurant concepts at, at once. Um, he put over a million plus in this building. And then he was only open for three months and then shut down. So, you know, some man's trash is another man's treasure. So we seized the opportunity. We did some cosmetic, put some equipment in here. But other than that, everything was dug out for us. So how can you walk away from that? <laughs> now... What trials and tribulations have you guys encountered? I know you've been open for only so long, but what have you encountered opening? Because now you, you're you an entrepreneur. You, you you are the boss. Yeah. What things have you guys encountered that maybe going forward, if somebody was opening a new restaurant, you would just say, hey, something you may look at? I would say um, plan. And and you can't plan enough. And when I say by plan, meaning mean plan your work and work your plan, stick to your plan, Work your plan, and there's always going to be hiccups. But how you adjust to them and be fast to react to them is going to determine how you're going to come out on the end. And always keep hiring. You can never have enough staff. Somebody's always going to eat a stupid cookie. So, you, you know, you got you to gotta stay staff. You're always constantly training and staff. They're the biggest things. Like I said, the, the core of the restaurant stuff, we, we, we had it. We had that part. But staff and nobody wants to come back to work for obvious reasons and then when you do it's hard to keep people because they're forcing people to take these vaccines some people don't want to take the vaccines people don't want to lose their benefits so you got to always constantly keep hiring because you can have 10 staff and then tomorrow you can have three and it ain't nothing from your doing <laughs> so you got to stay staffed was it hard um, to find staff during this time period because of, like, I guess, of unemployment? And, I mean, allegedly, this is what they say. People are getting so much money, they don't want to worry about working for a little bit. And it's been hard in the hospitality industry for people to come back. Yes. Um, people, so what things have you guys done to try to get people back here? Um, we do some incentives, you know, where where we, we help out if we can. You know, we do carpooling things. You know, some of our staff we get Uber or Lyft rides for. You know, um, we try to group them up and make sure if somebody's heading in that direction that they take them home. You know, if uh, they bring people in and they stay more than 30 days, we give $50 kickback and send us referral forms and things like that. And then we also offer the team members more than one position. There's always something in the restaurant to do so to make it worth their while because it's, it's very hard when you're just dependent on people to tip you. And everybody's still reluctant to come out. So there's other ways you got to get some money. So when you guys, when what was your official, when did you start doing takeout? When you remember the date you guys started doing takeout? We started takeout maybe the beginning of March. Okay. March we started takeout. And how did that work out when it first started takeout? It was awesome. It was rocking and rolling. Like we uh, we started out doing takeout and we started also doing um ghost kitchens like Mr. Beats Burger, Mariah Cookies and stuff like that. And that was good. But as it they were lo loosened the restrictions, that's when we was like, all right, we got to open the doors. Okay. So when you open the doors, I mean, you guys have a vast network all throughout Baltimore. I've seen uh, baby showers here. I've seen other events going on. 
um, which is uh, two kudos to y'all getting that. And y'all have a day, a day gathering. Yeah. Uh, from <laughs> coming up uh, 12 to 5. It'll be out. This will be out. It'll, it'll already have happened. But you guys have had a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you guys getting the word out to, like, the? are you guys, I guess, what identity are you looking for right now to get people in here? Like, what are you looking for? I know you said casual dining, but what are you looking for as far as getting people in these doors? Like, uh, it's a, this is a place for everybody to come for the working professionals. Uh, it's also um, a networking place. And that's why I think that we've been doing so good. Uh, individuals just, just everybody know everybody and everybody come here and meet. And, you know, if somebody's looking to get a sign done or, you know, looking for assistance or need some legal help, there's a lawyer sitting there. There's a tax agent sitting there. This, you know, it's relaxed and chill. And, you know how they say, don't let the look fool you because they ain't a T-shirt or shorts. But, you know, they relax and they're, they're chilling. We got bankers coming in. We And this is just all a part of the people that's coming to support. And they come on a regular basis and then they bring somebody and then they show somebody, you know. So old school, word of mouth. And then social media, that that definitely a plus, but nothing really big marketing wise. Just old school word of mouth, talking to people, and then the black owned thing definitely has helped out a lot. I want to thank everybody for showing that love because they really come through and support. And that's what it's all about supporting black owned businesses. I mean, yes, I would say come and try it out. If you try it once or twice a month, I have a friend um, who was a contributor on the show, and she her name's Amber. She actually anytime a black business opens up. Mm-hmm. She puts it on her chart, and she has a chart where you click onto her page, and it has every black-owned restaurant in Baltimore. Nice. Which is amazing. Where yes. You click in. So, again, we want to support. We want to make sure you guys are taken care of. What are your What are your hours for, op- for when you're open during the week? So I can give a little background of that. All right. So uh, Monday through uh, Thursday, we open from 4 to 11 p.m. On Saturday and Sunday, we're open from 4 to 12 a.m. And then on Sunday, we do 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. They're our normal operating hours. But like you said, over the last couple of weeks, we've been doing some special events where we have a brunch that goes from 12 to 5. And then uh, we do uh, brunch uh, day parties on, on Sunday, too, where we'll do that from like 12 to 5. So we normally do it at 4. We say 5, the wine to get everybody out. And then we open up for regular service. But that's that's what we do. Special events, we really focus on the nighttime. And then September, we'll loosen it back up. And then we'll go from 11 on until. I love that. So I, I did have my birthday party here, and I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. We had my birthday party <laughs> here, and it was I had people come in from D.C., people come over from Anne Arundel County, people came out from Harford County. They all came from Columbia. They all came, and they, and they loved it. Um, they thought the food was amazing. The drinks were very tasty. Of course, the drinks were very tasty. And um, I will tell people, the rib tips, <laughs> the rib tips. Yeah. Let me tell you something. The macaroni and cheese. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I'm just gonna be a little, little, a little flavor, a little flavor of what it goes down here, and the ambiance. They have a little deck outside that you can sit outside and relax if you don't feel comfortable sitting inside. It's a big restaurant. It's a big restaurant. Um, what football season's coming up? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Any plans to give people to get down here for football Sunday? I always call it Sunday Fun Day. Mm-hmm. What do you guys have? Any, anything? Have you guys thought that far out? What do you guys think about doing? 
Because football, football is back tonight. When, the first game is tonight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've been talking about it. We haven't got anything etched out, to be honest with you. We got a lot of uh, people talking to us and people want to do some things. But this is definitely going to be one of the feature spots, you know, to come. We got 25 TVs. We're going to be broadcasting all the games, different games, you know. Uh, that's that's what we are. We're a sports bar. We're a restaurant. We're a bar. We're a grill. Uh, we see 244 people, so we can have an event going on, a party going on, and a private party going on. So we're going to definitely be able to do something exclusive for football. Folks, we're in a private party room. I mean, I can see myself being here chilling <laughs> with about five grown five grown people just partying and having a good time. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a really good look. So what things would you tell people to tell them about how special this place is? And then, like, why should why they should give you a chance to come and check you guys out? I mean, one, we're black owned. I'm gonna say that again. And then, two, if you're really looking for a nice, chill, relaxed time with a good atmosphere, this is the place to come. No pressure. The staff is pleasant. The staff is attentive. You're gonna get some good food. Some new flavors, not the same, you know, everyday thing that you probably used to getting. You're going to get some different flavors. And then you're just really going to enjoy your time. It's in a cut. You can still right down by the harbor. You can see everything. You can feel everything. And then you can go ahead and get out of Dodge, too. It's just a nice and intimate place to come and just have, have some fun. Parking. What about parking? Because people always say that's the number one thing about parking. And I'm looking outside, and you guys actually have an ideal situation here. Yeah. Um, you have a, a parking garage right outside. Yes, uh, the parking garage is PMI. Um, they do actually do event parking for us when we have big uh, gatherings, but you can park there. You also can park on the street. It's three-hour parking, so that's more than enough time to grab a bike. You don't have to worry about getting a t uh, ticket. Then not even a half a block, you got the Fawn Street parking lot, and then not even a block away, you got the Little Italy parking lot where you can park in there for five bucks. So we have parking. That, you definitely have parking, that yes. That is the number one thing people always say to me. They're like, does it have parking? Where, mm -hmm. where, where's the parking going to be? Is it all right? Can we park here? Yes. And I like that there is parking for mm -hmm. anybody to come here. I really appreciate like that. So with everything going on in Baltimore City, mm -hmm. and when this episode drops, <laughs> when it drops, it's dropping, <laughs> We have a new thing going on again, the mask mandate. Yes. Anything, how, how are you guys going to figure that out? I mean, you, 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 thought you can't eat with the mask on, but how are you guys going to work with that going forward again? Because I know it's like we're going back in time again, it feels like. Yeah, like I said, fortunately, I've, I've been through this before. Okay. And it's, it's, you just... You, you just make sure you just educate the guests. The guests come in. As long as the guests are out of their seat and they're not at their current table, then they have to have their masks on. You just make sure that uh, we use a peroxide cleaner that sits for 45 seconds. It kills COVID on contact. And then you just make sure you're keeping the doors, handles clean where people touch, keeping sanitizer, offering sanitizer as people come in, come out, you know, and everywhere. And then just really just talking and educating the people. All right, now you you got off the hot you're you off the hot seat right now. Okay, I'm about to get you in the hotter seat right now. Go ahead. All right, ready, ready, rock and rapid fire. All okay. right, crabs or crab cakes? Crabs. Okay. Brunch or dinner? Dinner. Drums or flats? Flats. Blue cheese or ranch? None. Okay. 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 <laughs> Your favorite flavor on wings? Your spice. Favorite spice? I like buffalo. Can't go wrong with that. Favorite place to vacation? Cancun. <laughs> 
What is the best advice you've ever received? Don't keep score. Okay. And what inspires you every day? Waking up. Last question. What is, give me three to four signature remix dishes. Oh, that, that people, if they come down, they should get. The jerk rib tips, for sure. I would have to say our jerk chicken cop with the house uh, vinaigrette. That, that's, that's definitely one of those number one seven. And then I would have to say the jerk chicken cheesesteak. Jerk chicken cheesesteak, for sure. So we're going jerk all the way. Hey, I'm going to go. No, and then you know what? Sue your spice egg rolls. That's a, that's a Philly thing. Uh, it's a, it's a cheesesteak is a Philly thing, but then we hit it with the suya spice coming from West Africa, so it gives it a nice little heat to it, a little nice little tangy taste to it. And then I crab dip, by far. I crab dip is just to die for. Now, you didn't say mac and cheese now. You didn't say that. Yeah, the mac and cheese, you ain't going to taste it nowhere else. I ain't going to even lie to you. You, you can legit. go everywhere. It, 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 it's legit. It's legit. It's my mom's recipe. I'm going to put it out there. It's my mom's recipe. But that's what we doing here with it. It's my mom's recipe. It, it, it definitely got some unique flavors there. But they all those things are something that you definitely should try. Even our buffalo sauce. It's a house-made buffalo sauce. You know, we're using sriracha honey with a little lemon, a little dill in it. It's, it's a house-made sauce. You ain't going to find that hot sauce anywhere else in the city. So Now, now I'm hungry, Dad. Here talking about <laughs> so where can we find you on social media? Where can we find you? Are you TikTok? And I don't know what this what everybody's doing. But where can we find you on social media? Um, where can we find you? How can we get in touch with you if they want res- reservations or something like that? Uh, remix.com. You can go on our webpage. It'll take you uh, to our webpage. Through our webpage, it'll take you anywhere that you uh, need to go. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. <laughs> you know, uh, if you want to make reservations, the link will take you to it, tableagentremix.com. You want to order delivery, it'll take you to toast.com where you can deliver and get it done to you. So it's a lot of ways. Everything you need to do is just go on remix.com. Uh, That's R-M-Y-K-S.com. Take you everywhere you need to go. Any last words for the, for the folks out there? Um, I look forward to seeing everybody, and we're about to have some fun this September. <laughs> folks, you heard it here first. Can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Love, peace, and happiness. We're out.